Hello and uh, welcome to Talking Events, the industry podcast brought to you by Event Industry News. Being recorded today from the Victory Services Club, um, very close to Hyde Park um, and Oxford Street uh, in the heart of London at the top of Park Lane. A fantastic facility and our thanks to the team at the Victory Services Club for allowing us to set up the Talking Events podcast studio. Welcoming to the studio today, Tim Groot. Uh, Tim, the co-founder and CEO of GRIP. Um, GRIP provide artificial intelligence uh, processes, platform systems that are delivered by their own apps and also integrated with other apps. That's right, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, yeah. well, it, it's just one system. It's, not, uh, it's uh, just one, and that is plugged into several. One very sophisticated artificial intelligence system. Yes. But today, we've got Tim on the Talking Events podcast today to talk about beacons, because this is an area uh, that you know a lot about and that you've worked in previously. You've, you've delivered your own talks and sessions on, on beacons. What are your current opinions on them? Because most people will have come across beacons, called iBeacons, whatever they may be, but essentially this idea that you have these beacons in an area that can deliver information or activate certain things within people's mobile devices. I'm curious to get your own opinion, and that's why we've got you in the studio today. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for having me. Um, it's I think beacons are very interesting, and I, I first started looking into it about three years ago, uh, and I was blogging for beacon.net, one of the, the one of the platforms or like a publication that focuses on beacons, and mm-hmm. um, I did some guest blog posts for Hospitality Net, uh, some things in the, in the sports world, and Museum Next, a uh, big. Um, conference for the museum industry and the, the main thing that I thought at that point well this is a very exciting technology mm-hmm. I don't think that beacons in the current landscape are the most efficient way and are f- definitely not moving forward to deliver um, location-based experiences I think if we look at indoor atlas for example with magnetic fields uh, is a lot more interesting because you don't need the hardware I think that any solution that can go without hardware should be explored above something that need ha- needs hardware. And I think that what we're going towards is that um, with so many uh, sensors being put all around the places, our phones, our watches, there are gonna be, uh, are now with uh, the, the AirPods from, from Apple, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, there is so many sensors already available. And with the new Bluetooth 5.0, with the W1 chip from Apple, there's gonna be so many better ways to get this contextual data that I think that beacons won't be needed anymore. Um, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna use an analogy here. That may be absolutely wide of the mark, but I'm curious to know whether or not I'm I'm I'm, I'm even close. The mini disc from Sony. It was going to be the revolution, wasn't it, in digital um, access to music? You know, they brought out this mini disc, and suddenly you had this. It was going to be digital quality, so a lot better than the old cassettes. But you were going to be able to record and re-record and put your own things together. And it was sold to us as a great sort of solution and it disappeared quite quickly because very quickly after this sort of came about suddenly we had access to mp3s and digital music files as the internet exploded so it didn't quite take off as well as people thought it was going to take off is it a similar scenario with the beacons you mentioned now that there's more and more hardware out there with stuff built into it that's going to allow us to do the location-based services is it going to be a very very short-lived thing beacons I th- I think in many ways yes I think a very accurate analogy is the one of uh, when it comes to cameras actually is that we we say about cameras what is the best camera you have is the one that you have on you so it's your phone 
So although a phone is maybe well, like 20, 30% worse than, than your uh, amazing uh, Canon uh, mm. camera that you have at home, it's the one that you have on you. And I think that when I'm an event organizer and I go to a new venue, I don't want to worry about what kind of hardware or everything that's installed or like huge setup costs, but I know that everybody will have a phone. I know that a uh, majority of people have like increasingly smart watches and there will be other smart technologies available. There will be Wi-Fi signals at the, at the, at the, at the place. So I, w I know there will be GPS and I know there will be those signals. I know there will be steel frames, which magnetic fields such as Inder Atlas can use. I know that using newware, I'll be able to use peer-to-peer -peer Bluetooth low energy which will in get increasingly advanced with the new advancements in Bluetooth. So I won't, maybe I could get an extra 10% by doing a huge deploy of beacons, but I don't think we'll do it and it will happen less and less simply because the alternatives will catch up and will be significantly cheaper. At risk of making myself sound foolish and, and <laughs> ignorant. Uh, I'm already doing that. You so. mentioned <laughs> the steel <laughs> framework and historically this has been a big issue in big uh, exhibition buildings and things where it stops signal and all the rest of it and they can right. become terrible yeah. for cellular signal yeah. but you mentioned was it magnetic atlas magnetic field magnetic field yeah. could you just explain a little bit more about what they are and and, and how we can utilize them yeah well th it's it's basically just an advanced like a geometric uh, or a, I don't know, a, a gyroscope as a compass basically so mm -hmm. you have a compass um, uses magnetic fields to to know where where, where north is uh, and so that's the same way here is that magnetic fields every level and every location in a building because of all the steel that is around it has a unique fingerprint um, and that is what Indoor Atlas is capable of using to determine where you are in a building um, and they can do that with all buildings that have steel in it so they're doing it for in retail it's already being used uh, Indoor Atlas I think raised money from Yahoo so um, they, they've secured quite some investment there are several other players in the uh, advertising technology space that are looking into that and I think that that is more likely to be the future than beacons. So that, that, that's interesting. So that that's, in some respects, flipped and reversed. You know, a negative of being in a big indoor steel oh, yeah, structure yeah, yeah. Yeah. and actually turning it into something that people can use. Exactly. Um, yeah. In the retail environment and in in in. Oh, the exactly. Yeah. Uh, is this something that you yourself have had experience of working with, and 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 what's the sort of the integration now with, with services like that, the, the services that you offer with Grip, the, the app providers that are out there, how, how can all of these things now work together in a way that people can access them easily without overcomplicating it? Um, I think it's a very good question. I don't think there has been like the killer single uh, SDK out there yet. Uh, I think in the Bluetooth low energy space, newware is very interesting. Um, I think in the um, um, magnetic field is, <laughs> is Indra Atlas and there is one in Brazil that is doing really cool work in that. Um, then I know um, Crowded, which is uh, for the advertising world, uses kind of connects all of them. So they provide more of a of an integration layer between all those different SDKs. I think that will has also has a chance of success, except for when there is one uh, significant player in the technology partner world that, that in the technology stack that is integrated into all apps will have an advantage mm -hmm. by also having the technology and then being able to build an experience on top of that. Um, so I think there are several ways that this is still going to play out. I think it will be an SDK that events app providers can integrate into their solution uh, and in that sense will will provide the correct experience. Um, it does require, however, again, an app install, um, and which, which can just be the event app, but looking, let's say, five years in the future, um, what, what, will event, what will an event app be is, is, a, is a very interesting question uh, with chatbots and stuff like that. Um, What's your own experience of seeing beacons being deployed 
really, really well? Uh, are they going to find a, a niche sector ultimately that, that, that they will work very, very effectively in? I think for high-end events currently, they definitely have a use case. I know that Looped has done some great experiences uh, with them. I know that at Cannes uh, Event Base did some great work around it. I just think that, that it's like it's the marquee events. It's like the, the corporate big deploys where, where that is possible. It's not something that works for the masses, I think. Uh, simply like our system, we can do a community on Grip in five minutes. If I wanted to do uh, an event with, with Beacons and all the, the, the experience, it becomes infinitely more difficult and I think that um, that's why we'll see that it will be a bottom-up thing where the smaller events will use other available technologies and simply that will go up. And, and, and infinitely more difficult because of the programming, programming that has to go into developing content that can be accessed by the beacons as well as the deployment of the actual hardware itself? It's the hardware Are they itself. both contributing factors? Yeah, um, Estimote, one of the biggest uh, beacon providers, has been struggling immensely, uh, uh, I know, from, from other mm. experiences. And I think that um, I know several app agencies that have tried to create experience with it. And it's, it's very, very difficult, especially because the phones are not very accurate. Um, Beacons used in order for proximity, so contextual awareness, mm -hmm. uh, is used for uh, the Bluetooth chip and how far it just like works with ranging. So it takes a lot of battery because the like sure the yeah, yeah Bluetooth needs to be pulled um, uh, needs to be pulled constantly against those beacons and needs to search for it. But then there is also that the Bluetooth chip in every phone is based is in a different location, so it becomes increasingly difficult to know with what strength is what distance because every phone is different. So yeah. you don't know. And then, of course, you have that when a beacon uh, most of the time has, has a battery in it, and when the battery um, uh, goes down in, uh, in, in, in power, then uh, the signal becomes weaker. So yeah. there's a lot of things that are very, very advanced. And I've seen, I've heard of some great um, systems and that slush, there was also a, a good experience. I wouldn't say great, but it's so, so difficult to get it right. And I haven't seen it yet, and I'm not sure if it's possible because technology has been around for a couple of years. They say, Technology needs 10 years to go from research paper to like full-on quality deploy, but we're now on the fifth generation of, of Bluetooth, and still it's like we're not sure like how good it actually is. Now with uh, W1, the, the new chip from Apple, which is in the AirPods, that's the first thing that I'm like, okay, I'm really excited about seeing that, because if that works the way that they say, that's going to be the future. And why would it be the future? Because the, 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 the well, we know <laughs> we're now in the fifth generation and we can't even pair it with our cars. And it's like <laughs> every time we try to do that, it's like wireless speakers, it's still a pain. And so I, I think that yeah. it's still so difficult, although it's been around for so long. And I think that this frictionless pairing and the, the underlying Bluetooth technologies that, that operate there are similar to what, what beacons rely on in, in some ways. I think that you always need to see it where is technology being pushed first, then how will that affect other things? And I think that's kind of what is happening here. I'm curious to see where, where those chips go, and I think that will have an impact. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting you say that, because people have their personal frustrations, don't they, with any with, with technology, like you said, trying to pair your phone with the car or, yeah. or the headphones and having yeah. to do it five or six times to get the two devices to, to, to pair up. People have their personal frustrations, and, and the more services and products that, that companies bring to market, unless they really concentrate on refining them and getting them right and constantly updating them, all you're doing is really adding to, to people's potential frustrations, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and it's and it's a potentially a long process, I think, before y you're going to get there. Um, you mentioned the Indoor Atlas service. Uh, um, 
what other things are on the on the horizon that you've experienced when it comes to indoor location in terms of actually placing people in the context of where they might like to be in an event, in an exhibition, in a conference? Um, I think once we have a, a, a layer of technology that everybody has, such as you know, the mobile phone, mm -hmm. I think we can do a lot of interesting things on top of that um, in terms of positioning and then creating experiences based on that. We would like to use it in a matchmaking engine as well, uh, being able to recommend people based on where you are at the event. Um, that requires, of course, some, some added uh, things as well as closing the feedback loop so people that you've met and making yeah. sure, right, yeah. uh, we've connected to people in the app. Can we then also make sure that they meet up in the trade floor and can we close that feedback loop? Um, but then I think there is also, of course, what is on the horizon in terms of this perspective is AR and VR. Um, there, is th there are people that say that um, the iris scanners that you have at airports right now are so accurate uh, and actually there are already systems and there are already like in the military and secret service uh, uh, actually using those um, um, uh, out of, uh, like augmented reality technology sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. to already walk around the streets and actually being capable of capturing a lot of who people are. Imagine if you would have that at an event. Um, it's creepy on the one hand, it's kind of Google Glasses level creepy, <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, it also has this potential of being able to say, all right, I need to be talking to this person about this and this is who they are. And then you could also, of course, infer location from simply like the images that you have of a building, of course. So I think there's a lot of things going on there that are gonna be very interesting to, to see and how that, will, how that will play out. It feels like potentially we're getting close to a scenario where you or I, let's say we'd never met before, you, where you or I could be walking past each other at an event and both of our devices buzz in our pockets to say stop there's somebody here that you 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 should meet. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a possible scenario. Yeah, we're, we're moving close to it. Um, it it's been a really uh, a quick one today, but we we were we were keen to ask you and get your insight on the Beacon side of things because we've heard a lot of lot of positive things about what Beacons could do for events, and I'm not suggesting at all that 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 what you've given us is any sort of negative, but what you've certainly done today is give us a bit of an insight into the other options that are out there and perhaps other things that are coming to market or even available on the market that people may not have been aware of. Um, the Indoor Atlas, uh, as I said, is, is something particularly that, that uh, has hooked my attention. I'll be looking to uh, a little bit more. Um, let's thank Tim Group for joining uh, Talking Events. Um, Tim is the co-founder and CEO of Grip. Head over to www.grip.events, I think is the website, That's if you want correct. to find out a little bit more about Tim and his company. Um, but we will wrap up today's episode of Talking Events. Head over to eventindustrynews.co.uk to watch a video of this uh, particular podcast. If you're watching the video and you'd like to subscribe, head over to iTunes and search for Talking Events. My name is James Dixon. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.